0: We're here every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are coming to you live from the Wiz Den in Las Vegas because for over two years now, the pandemic still is keeping us out of the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studios. I won't go into that right now. Uh, joining me on the show is our social media director, Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody
1: beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz.
0: They don't call him the Wiz for nothing and that is true not only does he have his own studio but the Wiz has his own theme music as well well deserved also joining me on uh, uh back in studio in the fox sports residential bank corp studio is producer chris magra chapman who aside from producing a number of shows for lotus broadcast is also the locker room reporter for the vegas golden knights radio network this show is also streaming on the lv sports network and you can watch the show on facebook live and youtube the page is called out of line that's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. studio line is
1: 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's
0: time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own residential bank Corp. Our title sponsor is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs residential bank Corp funding America, one neighborhood at a time call 702-964-5720 to get information on all the home financing options available in the state of Nevada. On tap the Vegas golden Knights have won six of their last seven games and are currently tied with Dallas for the final playoff spot in the Western conference. Joining us on show today is founder and contributing writer of lvsportsbiz.com also accomplished uh author and that is alan snell who is coming to talk Uh, he'll be on we'll be talking some vegas gold nights with alan but mostly what we want to talk about is the new three billion dollar entertainment complex project if you haven't heard about it yet you will today and we'll be discussing records that were broken in two major sports this past week Uh, The world's number one is running away with the Masters. And for those of you by now, unless you're under a rock, you know, Tiger Woods not only competed in the Masters, but he made the cup, not doing great, but unbelievable accomplishment. We'll touch on that as well. Uh, Tragedy strikes in the nfl happened yesterday morning wow is all i could say about that 24 year old uh somebody that you do know former number one pick uh passed away was killed by a car yesterday in florida we'll talk about that and we'll have an update on the las vegas aviators that's what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own choose a company you can trust residential bank corp funding america one neighborhood at a time call 702-964-5720 for details on home financing options in the state of Nevada. Real quick, Spence, before we get into it, now we, hopefully we've got Al Snell on the line, but uh,
1: how are you, man? Uh, always a great day in paradise, Brian. Always great to be man, here Sunday you, morning. You, you
0: steal my lines. You know, you're so good at what you do. You need to come up with your own lines. The great day in paradise thing, man. You don't own that thing. I, I think I got it copyrighted somewhere. We're going to have to check that out after the show. Mag's back in studio. Obviously, he'll be part of this next segment, Al Snell. Um, Alan, on the phone with us? Oh, I don't know yet. I know Mags is working on that back in the studio, but go ahead and hit nightcap. Spencer. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to
2: play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas golden Knights. from highlights to interviews, to special events. The puck starts here.
0: And the puck starts here last night. Um, a, a big win, I'll say, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And for me, the biggest part of the win was Max Pacioretty back in pads, in gear, and he scored a goal. And really, it uh, turns out to be the game-winning goal because they scored two goals in 17 seconds. Zach Whitecloud uh, got a goal, then Max Pacioretty 17 seconds later. Mags, huge goal. I'm not going to say huge win. It was an expected win, but still a game they have to win if they're going to stay in this playoff hunt.
2: Yeah, uh, the other night I, I, I hosted a show, William Hill Sports Show, and – I said that they were going to have to probably go um, eight of their last ten to make the playoffs. There were five absolute must-win games. This one last night was one of them. I think uh, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, uh, or later in the week against Vancouver, that's a must-win. Then you've got the two road games in Alberta, which are going to be really, really tough. Um, but this was one last night. Vancouver's one. New Jersey is another. Um, that they're absolutely gonna have to win San Jose now coming up as well so um they're they're in a position Brian where some of the teams around them have started to lose uh they got a huge favor from the New Jersey Devils yesterday who beat the Dallas Stars in Dallas in regulation um and then uh you know they, they Nashville who unfortunately for the Golden Knights have a couple of games in hand Nashville, lost yesterday as well to florida but they've got a really really tough road uh they've got a couple games against calgary coming up they've got a game against colorado so not going to be an easy road for the predators unfortunately for the golden knights those two games in hand for Nashville probably will make a difference uh but you know for for vegas they just got to keep winning the games that that are ahead of them and and look if they do end up winning these eight of ten games that would mean that they would have won 13 of their final 16 games that's a team that Probably nobody wants to see in the playoffs if that ends up happening.
0: No, they don't, Chris. And, uh, you know, we've been saying that all year, though. The Vegas Golden Knights are a grizzled season team. A lot of these players, plenty of NFL, NHL experience now. Vegas Golden Knights have not missed the playoffs in their four years of existence to this point. It is tough in the respect that Dallas has those two games in hand. I think their best bet, and I think, as you mentioned, it's, it's catching L.A. They're two games in front. They've both played the same amount of games now, 73 games. So... There is a chance to play L.A. They got one more game against them, which should be big. But this next week uh, is just gigantic. They're going to Canada. I know that they've gotten very familiar with Vancouver, but they've got to beat them again. There's no question Tuesday night they've got to win that game because then it's Calgary and Edmonton, two teams playing very well, two teams that are both going to be tough outs this year. And I think this week, Chris, you know, with only nine games remaining, Dallas having those two games at hand, you got to get four points on this road trip. I think that's fair. That's basically two wins or one win and two overtime losses. I mean, you have to have that,
2: right? Well, I, I, I think that, that you're going to have to find a way to win one of the games in, in Alberta because um, they, the, 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 they've done all right in Edmonton. They have not done very well in Calgary. So um, I think the, the the goal in mind has to be, look, this road trip coming up, this is our season um, you know, Brian, they 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 play Vancouver and then they play Edmonton and uh, Calgary. And then they come home for for a couple. So it's it's not going to be an easy an, an easy sled for them. Um, I don't even know if that's it's, <laughs> that's a word. It's going to be tough sledding for them, is probably what I what I mean to say. Uh, but you know what? If there's any team in the league that's capable of doing it, it's certainly these guys. Because if you look at some of the players, look, they finally got back Max Pacioretty last night. He has a goal. Uh, obviously, Braden McNabb coming back into the lineup a couple nights ago was huge for this team. He actually has a career-high three points. Last night, a goal and two assists for a guy who's not really known for his scoring. Uh, defensively, they're fine. You know, the blue line is, is is really good. You've got both Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. First time, two players have uh, scored double-digit goals on the blue line for the Golden Knights. Jack Eichel just continues to to impress and score goals. Um, You know, Evgeny Dodonov, what's amazing about Evgeny Dodonov is he's probably going to end up with 20 goals and he's, he's going to do so unbelievably quietly because I don't know if, it, like he's the second leading goal scorer on the team behind Jonathan March. So, and he's got, he's got 18 goals, but he went from. The middle of January until the beginning of March without having a single point. And he's going to be the second leading goal scorer on the team. So very quiet 20 goals for you getting to Donov. But, you know, I mean, I, I think they're going to need to get some production from some of the younger guys, too. Nick Waugh a guy who. who Kind of is, you know, he goes in streaks, but he's a guy who needs to step up. He's a guy that this team relies on. William Carlson, he he said so the other day that he's not playing it. You know, he's playing well, but he's not getting points. He's a guy who's going to have to put some points on the board for the Golden Knights in this next nine stretch of games. But I mean, they they know what they have to do. And like I said, if there's any team in the league that can do it, it's this team. Just because I think Pete DeBoer is a great, coach. I think they've got really good goaltending and you look at the players that that they've inserted back into the lineup, if they can find a way to somehow get Mark Stone or Riley Smith back in these last nine games, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how how they fare down the stretch.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. Injuries have been have plagued the Golden Knights more this year than any other season. And you know, you have to be, that's just part of the professional sports. You are, every team at some point in time is going to be bit by the injury bug. The Vegas Golden Knights, man, they, they swallowed the injury bug this year. You know, on top of uh, Riley Smith and uh, you know, Mark Stone, who are just two integral parts of this team. You've also got William Carrier, who's probably the best enforcer on this team. Definitely the strongest guy, in my opinion, on this team. And Brett Howden, another Guy who really is coming to his own this season with the Vegas Golden Knights that could really help them in a playoff push if they could get those two guys back. And, you know, goaltending, I think, uh, you know, I think Leonard looked really good last night. I think, you know, now with Leonard, even with Brassois not 100% back, you know, my God, Logan Thompson, we've talked about him, you can't say enough about this kid, he has definitely proved his worth as an NHL netminder, as you mentioned Chris, just a great story in uh, Logan Thompson getting to the National Hockey League, but this is a team, and Alan Snow, also on the phone right now joining us, uh, LVSportsBiz.com he is the founder contributing writer, uh, accomplished author, Alan's out getting ready for a, a cycling ride, because cycling is his life his two books, which we'll talk about briefly in a minute um based on that uh, uh a life-changing experience down in florida that brought alan back to las vegas and the vegas Golden knights are a part of what uh really uh you know he'll, t- he'll tell you what they meant to his life and to his comeback to the Las Vegas community. But, Alan, you're at every game uh, just about of the Vegas Golden Knights. You've watched this team over the, the this now being their fifth season, as the rest of us are, me and Chris. Uh, what do you think about this team this year? Uh, it's going to take some resilience, some intestinal fortitude to get to the playoffs. But like Chris said, if they get to the playoffs and this team gets healthy, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the league.
3: Hey, how are you, Brian? Uh, it's great to be on your show. You know, it's been such a roller coaster season, and even though they're technically right now out of the playoffs, it's been a very, in a way, entertaining season. Um, it, they've been kind of keeping us on our toes with uh, people getting injured, who's coming in, who's going out, and you know, it's it's hard to really, it's hard to predict this, Brian, because on one hand, you kind of look at really impressive recent wins. Against Florida and Nashville, these are playoff teams, and the Knights look great. And then they play a game like Vancouver, you know, on Wednesday, which was, you know, even even DeBoer, the coach, had to admit the team just didn't show up to play and lacked energy. So it's, I mean, it's uh, every game you just you just never know. I think it's going right down to the wire, and honestly, their best chance might be able. to to get the third-place position in the division and try to catch L.A. versus trying to catch Dallas, which already has two games at hand. Yeah,
0: and that that's the biggest problem with Dallas is, again, I think their best bet, as we kind of mentioned, is catching L.A. They're two points behind it right now. The top three teams in every division get automatic playoff bursts. Some teams already have qualified for the playoffs. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, this Golden Knights team – as up and down as they've been, you're right, Alan, a lot of fun to watch. It's been an interesting season. And this year they have to scratch and claw to get in with the injury bug. Um, I don't know why I think they're going to get in. I don't think you want to get in as an AC, even though they've had great success against Colorado. People keep saying that, like, let them get in. Even if they're the AC. you know, they've had success against Colorado. This Colorado Avalanche team just doesn't lose. They don't go on any kind of losing streaks. This is a different Colorado team, and it's a different Vegas Golden Knights team. It's not that Vegas can't match up well against them and play well against them. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to beat this Colorado team in a four-game series. You almost want them to get through one series before you have to face them and pray that some team takes them to seven games or at least beats them up a little bit. But it's no gimme if they play Colorado. But first and foremost, business at hand, get in the playoffs. Three games in Canada, only three remaining home games out of the nine left. That is going to be tough. And they've got some playoff teams, some really good teams mixed in there that they're going to have to play and find a way to gather points against. But I think catching LA and getting that third spot in the division is a possibility. And I, I look to see that. One of the things that I liked last night, and Alan, you saw this as well, you know, Pete DeBoer's always mixing things up. And as Chris said, he is that intangible that is a difference maker that could take a team from the eighth, seventh, or sixth spot in a con- and go all the way to the Stanley Cup. I think he's that good of a coach. He's that good at mixing things up. And I think he finds the right chemistry. And mixing up the fourth line last night, how productive were they? See, he, he paired Jake LeCision with uh, Keegan Kolasar and Jonas Romberg. And I thought, you know, when I first saw him, I'm like, what is this? And, boy, were they productive. I think between them they have eight shots on goal. LeCision gets that goal in the in the third period, just kind of really the clinching goal that really just made it so, you know, you're not going to see Arizona have a chance to come back. But that's what I love about Pete DeBoer. He mixes his up. He puts people together that you might not visualize yourself, and they turn out to be successful. That was kind of cool last night, right, Alan?
3: Well, the interesting thing about DeBoer is that he's not afraid about making changes uh, as the game is going on, I think he's a pretty good tactician. I think he is really good at making changes on the fly in game changes. I think that's one of his strengths. Um, And, you know, I I thought that Colasar working on the fourth line is kind of his natural position. I know he's been up on playing on the second and third lines, but I kind of like Colasar, you know, in that fourth line tradition of causing havoc and it did pay off. Like you mentioned with the goal last night. Uh, And, you know, a player who's an X-factor, who's still, you know, at, I think he's racked up 11 goals this year, is Eichel. I mean, he is, uh, you know, skills-wise, he, he's kind of like one level above everyone else. I mean, he's just uh, really fantastic to watch. And uh, that line, I mean, it, it's an amazing line. Uh, he, was, he was with Daddy, who uh, Christopher mentioned, uh, went through quite a little scoring drought for a while. And here he is on the precipice of scoring 20 goals. I think it was his 18th goal last night. And he was also on the line with Wah. So, you know, um, I, I'm always fascinated to watch Eichel. I think he's been uh, a wildly entertaining. so just such a skilled player to watch uh, and, and appreciate, especially with Stone out and Pacioretty just coming back uh, last night.
0: No, Alan, I could not agree with you more. He's more than the X factor. He is going to become the face of this franchise. I've been saying it. As good as Mark Stone is, as good as Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Riley Smith, Jonathan March. So this guy's played in 25 games, 11 goals and eight assists is amazing. One of the top goal scorers on this team. And he's played basically a third of the season. It's unbelievable uh, since he has come in. And I told people, I've been telling everyone, I know a lot of people were very disappointed, especially, especially to see Alex Tuck go. He was a fan favorite, a young guy. And I kept saying, trust me, when you see Jack Eichel and get, an, you know, maybe because of playing in Buffalo, he's somehow been under the radar. And, you know, Vegas Golden Knights fans are still a lot of them getting acclimated with the National Hockey League. Oh, my God. This guy is, is Alex at an X-factor plus he is going to be special. And I think it, in years to come, if everything stays together, he will be the face of the Golden Knights franchise. That's how good he is. And you mentioned, both of you have mentioned um, the dot-off. You know, let me tell you something. Maybe they ought to threaten to trade this guy every year around the trading deadline. Because Mags is right. He hadn't done a thing. And all of a sudden, he has become a machine and somebody that other teams need to, to put a body on on a regular basis because the dot off is finding a way to put the biscuit in the basket on a regular Basis eighteen goals right now, second on the Golden Knights, and they were all ready to dump him. So pretty, pretty happy. I think everyone is in, in Vegas, uh, including the team themselves, that the uh, Donoff is still part of this team. Uh, again, three goals this with three games this week, starting Tuesday in Vancouver, then in Calgary on Thursday, and then next Saturday they're going to be in Edmonton. Crucial games, and again, I say minimally they need four points out of this road trip. I, to, I will uh,
3: say, I will say this, Brian, a guy is going to just have to step up down the stretch and these, you know, like Chris, like Christopher said, you know, the whole season could be resting on this three game road trip through Canada is William Carlson. I mean, the guy scored 40 goals plus in season one. And I actually asked Pete DeBoer about uh, Carlson a couple of weeks ago. And DeBoer's response was, you know, the guy just has to get his goal scoring swagger bat. And, you know, I've been kind of paying attention to his play on the ice. he, 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 I thought yesterday he had an active game. I thought he was in the middle of things, and you know maybe it's you know the, the goals are not coming, but you know he he is a guy who is paired with Marcia So, who is a key goal scorer for the Golden Knights. Carlson's going to have to step up and just play a scoring leadership role if if the Knights are going to get into the playoffs. I think.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, and maybe he's a guy that will come to life during the playoffs, and of course, getting Mark Stone back and having him perform in the postseason at a high level is also something that's going to be huge for this team. Again, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. It is going to be tough. The good thing this year for the Golden Knights maybe coming in as a lower seed and having to fight right to the end of the season. You know, you see that with with teams where all of a sudden they start playing great at the end of the year. We saw it with Montreal last year, why, finding the their way and navigating through the postseason into the stanley cup finals maybe with the golden knights having to scratch and claw their way in who knows maybe that might be the formula that takes them to the next level that everyone's been waiting for here in las vegas alan you know just does a great job again alan snell on the fox sports residential bank corp studio line with us right now uh getting ready to go uh to go riding his uh, his bike like he does every single day Alan uh, lives as a cyclist, does so much for that sport itself, and nearly died on a bike himself years ago in uh, florida which brought him back to las vegas he was a retired writer for the review journal came back a business writer doing an unbelievable job with lvsportsbiz.com i go there like i think a lot of two to find out the business side of sports on a daily basis alan huge project coming up here in vegas announced recently in the month of march uh looks like something that could be done as soon as 2025 but we're talking about a three billion dollar uh, entertainment complex for lack of a better words or district actually coming to Las Vegas near uh, Las Vegas Boulevard the 215 and the 15 so much action going on they're talking about an arena a casino a hotel a theater three billion dollars the Oakview Group one of the tops in the world as far as putting up stadiums and backing them. Alan, tell me a little bit more about this project. It's really exciting, and the fact is, they're building an arena with no team dedicated. I mean, obviously, they're trying to poke the NBA and Adam Silver, who already wants eventually a franchise in Vegas. But no guarantee that an NBA franchise is coming anytime soon. But this this complex, or I should say, this uh, this area, this district, is definitely coming.
3: You know, Brian, this is a fascinating project with a lot with a lot of storylines to it. Like you mentioned, three billion dollar entertainment district uh, with a ho- hotel, casino amphitheater. In addition, um, it will include the $1 billion dollar 20,000 seat arena. and it's, it will be designed to attract an NBA team. Tim Lawieki is the main player behind this project. Uh, his, like you said, his uh, Oakview Group re- rehabbed and rebuilt, really key arena into the arena for the Seattle Kraken. They're also a partner on the New York Islanders' new arena out on the island. And he's the real deal. I mean, he's a legit guy. He was the former CEO of the Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors. So he has a lot of contacts. He has enlisted a very important name to help on the business development of this project. Mark Bedain has resurfaced. Mark Bedain used to be the president of the Las Vegas Raiders. He left last July. Under this cloud of quote, uh, accounting uh, uh, issues. And he has resurfaced as a business development consultant on the project. He has tons of contacts. He he was the main person who shepherded the Raider Stadium across the finish line. And he will be a big player as well. Also, Azov is, is a, uh, he's also kind of a partner uh, on the project. He has connections to Madison Square Garden. Uh, entertainment, and keep in mind, uh, Brian, that <laughs> MSG is building this huge 17,500-seat uh, sphere uh, venue right behind the Venetian and the Sands Expo uh, uh, on the other side uh, of, the, uh, of the Strip. Keep in mind that this will have to be a destination uh, arena and entertainment district It's at Blue Diamond Road and Las Vegas Boulevard. And here's another little uh, subplot to this: the the entertainment district is is pretty much on about uh, on the 60-acre parcel. Right next to this parcel is where Wes Edens, who is negotiating with Major League Soccer, he has a uh, high-speed rail train station planned for the property right next to the, uh, entertainment district slash arena site. And that's where he wants to build his major league soccer stadium. So even though it's not at the strip, keep in mind, Brian, you really can't walk from quote unquote, the strip. Cause you know, it's kind of a, the infrastructure down Las Vegas Boulevard, South of, um, Mandalay Bay is not great. However, if if you have an NBA arena and a Major League Soccer stadium side by side, you can make that a destination, and also you can share parking as well. So uh, it's kind of an intriguing project, and I'm just and it comes down to this, Brian. It's a three billion dollar project. I'd like to know who's who, <laughs> where his investors will be coming from. That's you know that's not small chump change.
0: Well, he is Alan Snell, um, again, founder and contributing writer for LVSportsBiz.com. You can go there all the time to see everything. And, Alan, we'll be able to read about this because I'm sure when the investors come into play, you'll be one of the first to report on it. Alan always is. Great reading. But, Alan... You know, and and I've read the articles and I've I've definitely talked to you about it. We actually spoke for about 30 minutes on the phone a week ago when you called me up asked me where I've been because I've been working so much at the other gig I haven't been able to make it out to nearly as many games as I normally do, but, you know... Can Las Vegas support all of this? I mean, you know, yes, we have seen tremendous success. The Golden Knights couldn't have come in and done better at a better time after the tragedy in October 1st of 2017 for them to come and do what they did, literally invigorate and unite this community. Then the Raiders come in. We have professional football. They have done very well, packed house every game. But Is the community going to support this because we still know that at Vegas Golden Knights games and at Raider games, a good portion of the crowd are out-of-state visitors?
3: Well, uh, that's a great question, Brian. I've been tracking the demographics of our market. You know, um, as of right now, uh, the Metro Las Vegas area now ranks 27th in the country in terms of population size. They were kind of around 37, 35, 34, 32, but, you know, it's $2.3 million and growing. And the NBA arena, personally, I think the market can absorb an NBA team, 41 home dates and plus a few exhibition games and some maybe, you know, any postseason games. Uh the one sport which I just don't drink the Kool-Aid on. I know everyone is high about the open athletics coming. Uh, right now, I don't think this market is capable of supporting eighty-one baseball games a year at home. It's 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 a big haul. I've been through this in South Florida. I lived in Tampa Bay and covered the Rays when they started. There's a hot, there's a really uh, there's a lot of excitement and there's a honeymoon period in the first year or two. So uh, the games are well attended. But after a few years, um, you know, after the uh, you know the bloom is off the, uh, the flower, so to speak, it is really hard to <laughs> pull 35,000 people a game for 81 home dates. You know, if the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, if those teams come through, you'll get packed houses. But, you know, when the Rays or the Marlins or some of the lesser, you know, pro- lower-profile teams come through, you're not going to get big crowds. So I, I happen to... Um, Believe that really the open athletic, and also right now, Brian, we and I'll be writing uh, and reporting about this on LV Sports Biz. There's no public money designated for a baseball park. Uh, You know, the governor has not; he he is not on board with giving any hotel tax revenues toward a toward a baseball park. And I kind of laughed at this New York Post story that said governor may block aids from coming to Las Vegas. He's not blocking it, Brian. (laughs) He's simply not uh, giving away you know free public money to build a baseball park. You know it's funny that that somehow by not giving public money, that's interpreted as blocking a project. If the A's want to come here and privately fund a one billion dollar retractable roof ballpark, God bless them, go ahead. But right now there's no public money for a baseball park, so you know it's a great question about whether how much this market could absorb. I think the NBA uh, and a new arena. It's pretty much the outer limits, Brian.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we've seen the NBA Summer League. It has decent success, and we're just looking at rookie prospects in that league uh, as opposed to an actual NBA team, which I think has proven that it will work here in Las Vegas. I think eventually we all think that live here. Based on the growth in population, it continues to grow. Being in that industry of housing and mortgages, I can tell you that it's growing like wildfire still. Eventually all four major sports will have Major League Soccer here as well. We'll all be here, but right now it's going to be a minute, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't see Major League Baseball being here for a while. They just constructed the Las Vegas ballpark a few years ago, the nicest minor league facility in the entire country. I think when they do it, they'll do it right. But again, it is going to require a $1 billion retractable roof arena. Another stadium will have to be constructed here in Vegas. And again, it's probably going to be, have to be privately funded, at least if they're going to do that in the next five or so years. So I agree with you 100%. And Jim Gemma, the media relations director of uh, the Las Vegas Aviators, he gets tired of talking about that. So because he's adamant that they're not coming and uh you know and i think you know his his fingers on the pulse just like yours is you guys pay attention and i know when uh when there's a major league baseball team getting ready to come to las vegas i'll just check out lvsportsbiz.com and i'll find all about, uh, out all about it he is Alan Snell. alan before i let you go i know you got to get on a ride real quick alan has written two books one that i have read one that i haven't bicycle man um uh life of life Life of Journeys is his newest book that came out in 2020. I've got to still read that one, Alan, and I will get to it. But I got to tell you, the one, the first book you wrote, which is a uh, Long Road Back to Las Vegas: How Las Vegas and the Golden Knights Healed the Journalist's Wounds, is a tremendous read, Alan. It's a compelling story, and it's one that, honestly, just maybe because I know you personally, got me pretty emotional at parts of the book, realizing that you're you. It's amazing you're even with us, con- con- considering what happened. Let everyone know how they can get get their hands on the book, and I'm telling you. Not just if you're a cycle enthusiast, should you read this book? Just in general, it's a great read and a great story about a good friend of mine and a great guy and somebody that is very entwined in the sports business aspect of Las Vegas.
3: Hey, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate the shout-out to the two books. Uh, it's very simple. Email me. Just um, It's very simple. Asnell at lvsportsbiz.com. And I'm happy to uh, sell you the book directly. I'll meet you. I'll sign the book for you. Uh, the first book, like you said, is about the comeback, uh, responding to getting hit by a car. Um, I was just so happy to be alive, quite frankly. And um, I returned to Las Vegas in uh, early June of 2017, and the Golden Knights were just uh, being assembled. In fact, the, uh, if you remember, Brian, the expansion draft was in June of 2017. So following that magical season was amazing. It kind of, I talk about just responding to uh, trauma. And the second book, um, Bicycle Man Life of Journeys, really is a celebration of life. It's really um, a book about um, uh, a lifetime of bicycle trips and also other people's experiences with the bicycle. And I, I really appreciate the fact, Brian, that you mentioned that you don't even have to really like bicycling I mean,
1: to, to really
3: enjoy the books. And one final thing, I just want to throw out, uh, Brian, uh, a shout out to uh, to Darren Millard who was actually uh, in a bicycle crash just in the last day or two. Um, Golden Knight tweeted that out, and um, my thoughts and prayers for Darren for uh, for a good uh, recovery and a fast healing.
0: Yeah, I wish him well too. I didn't even know that. So, uh, absolutely the same thing to Darren Millard and Alan Snell again. Uh, founder and contributing writer to uh, LVSportsBiz.com. Unbelievable read. Check it out. Also subscribe to it. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Actually, I read the thing so much, Alan. I gotta put some money in there as well. Um, this guy does a great <laughs> job. Great contributing writers. Always compelling. And I joke around uh, in a, in a very positive way. I call Alan like Waldo. You where's Waldo at almost any sporting event or anything involved the Las Vegas community business aspect of sports, Alan is always there. What you're reading and what you're getting from LVSportsBiz.com is not secondhand information. It's firsthand information from a guy who's right there who talks with guys like Bill Foley, like guys like Tim Lewicki, and he is right up front and gets that information. And you get it all at LVSportsBiz.com. And I'm not going to tell you, it's one of my cheat sheets for my show. Alan as always, appreciate you joining the show. Enjoy your ride today. And if you see Alan in person, knowing what he physically wants, went through to come back. You see why bicycling is so good. This guy is in tremendous shape, and I'll tell you what, his calves look like that at an Olympia decathlete, for God's sake, <laughs> you know, of a bike he does. We appreciate you, Alan, always joining the show.
3: It's a pleasure, Brian. Have a great week, man.
0: You do the same, and again, that is Alan Smell, LVSportsBiz.com. Check it out. It's a great read, and you will learn about everything going on in Las Vegas. Almost every event I attend, and I'm sure Chris can attest to this, Alan is just everywhere. So when you read something from this guy, it's from his heart but it is facts. These are things that he gathers people he talks to. And again, it's never had second information. And, uh, and I really appreciate him taking the time out and joining the show. Because again, usually at this time he's exploring somewhere on his bike. Every single day, the guy puts miles and miles of effort into the riding. And what's incredible is when you say getting back off the horse after a tragedy, if you read his book, um, you know, his, his initial book, uh, long road back to Vegas, and you will see, what he has come back from. It truly is incredible and miraculous. Listen, let's go ahead and hit it. I want to move on, Spence. Uh, Fact this. Fact
2: this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this.
0: History was made this past week in two professional sports. This was accomplished by Giancarlo Stanton of the New York Yankees and Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mags, I know you know this. So I'll start with uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Spencer, getting him involved here with Giancarlo Stanton. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. He hit another home run against the Red Sox. In the last six games against Boston, he has hit six home runs. As a matter of fact, his stats are almost d- disgusting uh, when you look at it. He's 12 for 24. This includes the postseason last year, last six games. 12 for 24, uh, 14 RBIs, six home runs. That is over a six-game span. That has never been done in the history of the Boston Red Sox that dates back to early last century. That is how good this guy is performing and how well he plays against the Yankees' number one rival.
1: Well, I mean, I don't like to subscribe too much to that, but the, the bottom line of all of this through all of these, like the first time this player has done this, he's playing amazing. And uh, I also just want to say baseball is back, and it is nice. It feels like a regular baseball season, which I was a little worried about because of how much garbage I was going on before and between the odors and players, but it has not spilled out onto the field. These guys are ready to go for the season.
0: No, they are, and, and yesterday was really cool. If you got to see the Yankees-Red Sox game, I can't stand either one of the teams, but if you're a baseball fan as I am, uh, you never want to miss a Yankees-Red Sox game. There's just something special about that rivalry. Like I said, being a Detroit Tigers fan growing up when it was the American 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 League East and uh the yankees and the red sox were were always in the division of the tigers hated them because uh ma- they made it really difficult for the tigers to get to the postseason most of my life but great games uh, yesterday by the way um louis severino i don't know if you saw that he started for the yankees the guy hasn't pitched a game since september 28th of 2018 tommy john surgery a bunch of other stuff went three innings five hits five strikeouts did give up a big two run dinger but the yankees held on for a 4-2 victory and again you know Giancarlo stanton uh you incredible with that two run dinger. Um, also, uh, uh, you know, in that game, Aaron judge playing well, still amazed that Aaron judge turned down the money that he did with the New York Yankees. Pretty amazing. He's gambling on himself, taking a one-year deal. You know, what It really surprised me? It's not that Aaron Judge isn't unbelievable. And when he is healthy, can play larger than life at this game and hits the ball as far as anyone that's ever played the game. The problem is Aaron Judge is an injury-prone guy. He misses a lot of games. What is he doing, man? They offer him $213 million. Take the flipping money. You say you want to be a Yankee for life? You're lying. If you did, you take this contract. I know baseball contracts typically are not renegotiated. But in the same respect, man, Take the flipping money. I was really shocked that he didn't. He's rolling the dice, going to take a one-year deal. We'll see what happens with him. Mags, I'll bring you in on Austin Matthews. This guy is nothing short of spectacular. 50 goals in a 50-game stretch. Again, no one's done that since Lemieux back in 1995. I mean – Austin Matthews, I don't want to call him a freak of nature. I just want to call him the ultimate goal scorer. Two goals in each of his last two games. Again, 58 on the season right now. This guy, I don't want to say he keeps getting better, Chris, but he definitely isn't getting any worse.
2: Yeah, he is he is uh the probably the most prolific goal scorer. I mean, obviously, I don't know if he's the I don't think he's the best player in the NHL. I think that's Connor McDavid, but Austin Matthews is a guy who he just puts the puck in the net. Um, you know, he now holds the the Maple Leafs record for most goals in a single season. Um, it seems like only about a week ago he was sitting on 50, and now he's got 58. Um, you know, he he truly is something to watch. Um, he, he Whenever the Maple Leafs come here, it's fun to watch them. Obviously, he was a guy who was part of the NHL All-Star Game, so that's always fun, too, that we got to see him play here in the All-Star Game. But, yeah, he is a guy who never shies away from... Putting the puck in the back of the net, and that's for that's for sure. I mean, he's he's fun to watch, and you know, Toronto. We'll see. I mean, could this finally be the season that they get things turned around? I don't think so. Goaltending seems to be an issue for them, but who cares? You know, it's it's fun. It's good for the game that you have a guy born in born in California, raised in Arizona, by the way, um, of Mexican descent, which is which is cool because when they say hockey is for everyone, you can truly say that. You know. The league is very international, and you have an American-born player of Mexican descent who has scored 58 goals in the NHL this season. Pretty awesome.
0: That's so cool, and I agree with you. You know, I still say the most prolific post guy, the guy that sits in front of the net and the doorstep man is Alex Ovechkin. I've never seen anyone made a living standing on the doorstep, and nobody can move him in the slot. But... One of the most exciting players to watch in the National Hockey League is Austin Matthews. If he gets the if he gets the puck by himself anywhere in front of the net, it's hard to keep the puck out of the net. I, I mean, this guy can place the puck. If there's a dime, he could probably hit it in the back of the net. That is how good he is with the stick and putting the puck in the net. One of the best I have ever seen and one of the most prolific goal scorers I think ever. And like I said, he's in the prime of his career right now. This can go on for another five or six years with him putting scoring this many goals. When it's all said and done, if Austin Matthews stays healthy um he could end up one of the top three nhl goal scorers of all time i think he has that kind of ability as you said chris as far as pure skill goes conor mcdavid is unbelievable but often matthews as far as putting the puck in the net there is nobody better in the national hockey league right now than him there might be guys right there at the same echelon, but he's as good as it gets. And it was pretty cool to see him break. You know, when you talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, just like what Giancarlo Stanton did with the Yankees, breaking an all-time record against the Reds, the Red Sox, to break an all-time record with the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs, excuse me, one of the original six hockey teams in the National Hockey League uh, is, is super impressive and it's really cool. And it is nice to see the Leafs playing well. I agree with you. Goaltending is going to prevent them from from making a a, a serious run. But the cool thing is in a sport like hockey, because of, you know, you can only play limited. There's four lines. Typically it's tough to see one man be able to carry a team, but, Austin Matthews has that type of ability. One man can carry a hockey team, and he's proven that before. When you need a goal desperately, he's a guy that can get you one in a hurry. And as you said, 50 goals a little over a week ago, eight goals in like the last week or so plus, he scores and he can score in bunches. So uh, cool hats off to both those guys, Giancarlo Stanton and Austin Matthews. Breaking records on historic franchises is always a cool thing, and both those guys did it and are capable of continuing to do it. Real quickly, man, I want to talk about the Mass uh guys i gotta tell you you know when i heard earlier last week that tiger woods was heading to august and it was going to be what they called a game time decision to play in uh the masters uh was surprising once i heard he was playing I'm um, talking with a good friend of mine brian shapiro recently we were we were at dinner and both of us agreed that we said that we felt he would play really good in the first round second round a little bit tougher but he would make the cut and he would struggle during the course of the weekend when you take into account it has been almost 500 days since Tiger Woods comp- competed competitively. Don't count the little, the little uh, tournament he played with his son. That was He was able to use a cart in that tournament, and it was more he did it for his son. But you could see in that tournament he was striking the ball very well. And this is his first competitive round on the PGA Tour. competitive rounds, playing at Augusta, one of the most—not necessarily the most difficult courses—they play all year, but it is the mo- one of the most difficult courses to walk, being all the different undulations, the elevated greens, all these things. You see him walking up and downhill, and downhill might even be tougher than uphill on a leg that he nearly lost again less than 500 days ago. Chris, uh, I'll start. With, actually, I'll start with Spencer. This is nothing short of miraculous. I know you're a little bit young uh, at, for Tiger Woods. You know, we got to watch him in his prime, Chris and I did, watch him come up as an amateur and then watch him become maybe in his in his in his prime the best all-around golfer in the history of the sport. I don't want to take anything away from Jack Nicholas and his accomplishments, but Tiger Woods was absolutely amazing. The best scrambler in the history of the game, no, without question. He could get himself out of almost any situation with a miraculous shot, but to see him compete and to go one under in round one. I'm not going to say that it brought a tear to my eye, but it's amazing how I always say time passes and things change. Wasn't it just a little over a decade ago that he was a pariah? He was a scumbag and everything else for his personal life. Here he is standing ovations all the way down every hole. He played all three
1: rounds to this point. It's pretty amazing. Well, considering where we're at now, I feel like his scandal is like nothing. Like it would just be backwater uh, news in today's world. But, He is beyond sports or beyond the game of golf, I should say, and obviously plays a sport. But a guy who's coming off of surgery like this, I mean, most of the time, those kinds of guys are written off. Even really good golfers, when they get to that, like Mickelson, you know, he's a big guy, but he's starting to tailor off a little bit. And like kind of a news about him maybe being in the Masters. But when Tiger Woods said he might play everyone cared about him more than every other golfer in the world and everybody knew he had no way to win the masters this year and that is not a slide against Tiger woods it's a physical impossibility but that's how much attention he brings and it was good to see him out on the course and he's the most dedicated he's one of the most dedicated athletes probably of all time if not the most dedicated him winning that last masters i mean we always forget how many back surgeries he's had you know this is obviously a little bit worse because of his legs but The guy loves the game, and that's it. And that's what makes him so good. I think when you look at some of the bigger athletes, I'll say real quick, like LeBron James and all of them, like LeBron loves the game, but it's not like Michael Jordan. Like the game was his life for Michael Jordan, and for Tiger Woods even more so. Golf is his life.
0: Well, you know, and Chris, you know, when you talk about Tiger Woods and, you know, his accomplishments, again, out of all the professional sports, all of them, you know, and I include tennis where it's an individual sport, golf is an individual sport but you are playing golf and anyone who's ever played on a golf course ever when when there's like three people watching me i feel pressure i can't imagine playing a sport that requires quiet because you really need the background quiet happy gilmore's a myth uh in a movie you know you need it quiet and there are just thousands of people watching every shot that he takes. And especially now the pressure of the comeback and to play at Augusta, which is the Super Bowl of golf. It is amazing what this guy is accomplishing right now.
2: Yeah, it truly is. I mean, look, I, I mean, the, the off the course stuff is, is what it is. And, you know, I think with tiger, there there's people who they absolutely love him and they will love him regardless of what he does because they view him as a God and then there's people who will criticize. And, you know, we 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 both know a couple of those uh so-called gurus who will criticize Tiger uh at, at any move he makes. Look, as far as what he's done this weekend, I I'm not the biggest golf fan, so I, I will readily admit that I did not know that the Masters was widely considered to be one of the most difficult courses to walk. Right? You watch it on television, you don't really get to see the, the 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 ups and downs and the hills and all that sort of stuff you, you really can't register and I guess unless you've actually been there and walked the course you wouldn't know I will say this look walking walking 18 holes I don't care where it is I've played the game and not definitely not at a high level but I you know I I've, I've played enough rounds of golf to know that putting in 18 holes it's 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 exercise it's a workout because you you, you know in the case of you and me we're carrying our own bag um, you know, and it doesn't really matter if it's a flat course. It's you're you're still putting in a lot of you know some holes are four five hundred yards. So it's you know y- over the course of a day you're you're walking a, a couple miles on that course. Then the the strenuous activity of hitting the ball and, and this and that. But I will say this: I think it's impressive, and I don't think you know it's a shock that he kind of tailored off after the first round. Look, first round fantastic. It gave people reason to hope, but I think when we got into the nitty-gritty of it, I think a lot of people who, who understand the game and, and who look at it from the from the perspective that we look at it, nobody thought he would be there on day four. I thought him just making the cut would have been a tremendous accomplishment. The fact that he made the cut and the fact that he he is still playing at a, at a pretty good level, you know, I mean, he's obviously not going to win, but, I mean, he's had a respectable three rounds, and I think that's really all golf fans could have asked for. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's worked out pretty well for, for the Masters because they've gotten a lot of eyes on, on the, especially on the first two rounds. But, you know, for, for just people who are passing fans of the game and know the name Tiger Woods, look, I don't know how many people know the name Scotty Scheffler, but everybody knows the name Tiger Woods
0: there's no doubt about that tiger woods one of the most iconic athletes of all time to this point Uh, when you talk about the sport of golf from this point forward his name will always be mentioned as one of the greatest players of all time I, i don't know that he'll be able to catch catch jack in the majors but i don't think if he does anyone will be that overly surprised now seeing that he's back again and if anyone can do it after something like this it's tiger woods again less than 500 days removed from a horrific car accident that nearly cost him his leg. And here he's about to walk his fourth day of walking augusta i guess you have to include uh you know the uh, the practice rounds and stuff he did there as well getting his body in shape he looks his upper body looks tremendous he's obviously been working out but you know you can see him every now and then lifting up his pant leg adjusting the braces on his leg i cannot imagine how much that guy is suffering by the time he gets to the back nine each and every day and today after three straight days of grueling and on top of that the mental grind of golf is unbelievable let alone the physical grind on someone like tiger woods just so impressive. And then, Again, Chris, you mentioned Scotty Scheffler, the other guy I want to talk about, a guy that a year ago nobody knew who the hell he was. On Super Bowl Sunday, he wins his first event. Ironically, I just found out that Scotty Scheffler also went to the same high school as Matthew Stafford, which was also the same high school as Bobby Lane, a couple of ex Lions quarterbacks. I think you've heard of both of them. But um, Scotty Scheffler, man, this guy comes onto the scene, bursts on the scene three of the last five tournaments he wins out right before the masters and just finds his way navigating through the course came back to the field a little bit on the last couple of holes of the back night in Augusta. A lot of people have amen corner has swallowed up a number of golfers over the years, but he still has a three stroke lead over, over um, Cameron Smith and Cam Smith also playing tremendous golf, lost it a little bit, pretty cool on Friday. The guy's got book and double bogeys and still shoots 600 or 400 par which is unbelievable at a course like uh, a course like augusta and he came back yesterday he's he's three strokes back they'll play together in the final pairing i don't know who else is in the tournament because the next closest golf golfer is sjm who is literally five strokes behind him i guess that's catchable and then you're all the way to seven strokes back to a uh, lowry and, and charles swartzel a former uh, both former winners I don't know if anyone's gonna catch this guy. Scheffler, other than the back nine where we saw a couple of hiccups, is as cool as the other side of the pillow. I mean, this guy is just getting the job done shot after shot. He makes the putts that are seven, eight feet out consistently. And he just keeps putting in, in, himself in good position, even scrambled pretty well. Um, that one shot off the pine straw at the very end on the 18th was nothing short of miraculous. Uh, after he he hit the ball, it was unplayable. He has to give himself a lie in the pine straw and then puts the ball literally, they were saying, if he's lucky, he'll make it to the front edge of the green. That's what his goal is. He actually went over the green. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Again, I hadn't heard of him before a couple of weeks ago where they're saying this guy's tearing it up and has elevated himself to the number one golfer in the world. And again, Cameron Smith, another guy doing the same thing, been tearing it up recently and playing really, really well, Um, you know. Spence, what's your take? I don't know if you've watched it, if you've gotten a chance to see these guys play, or if you've watched the Masters. I watch every round. I record it. I watch it over and I analyze it. My order of sporting events that I love to watch, and this is the truth, number one is the NFL playoffs. I'm a football guy. Love the Super Bowl. The NCAA tournament, March Madness, was B number two. And believe it or not, number three, is the Masters Golf Tournament. Uh, You know, I never thought I would be this big of a fan watching golf. It all started back in 1986 when I was at a party in college, and I ended up just watching. Somebody had on the TV, Augusta, they're playing. It's the back nine. And I watched Jack Nicklaus at 46 years old tear up the back nine in Augusta and I became addicted. I've been addicted to the tournament ever since then. I watch all four majors and occasionally I'll watch Pebble Beach or some of the other cool courses. I'll watch the Ryder Cup, but there's nothing like the Masters. And uh, your take on it, Spence, if you're not into it, now's a good time to get into it. Today is going to be interesting because a guy with a three-stroke lead going into the going into Sunday, playing as well as Scotty Scheffler, should be able to carry this through. But hey, it's Augusta.
1: You never know yeah I, I don't think i've missed a uh um, a master's round since bubba watson won so that's how long that's as far back as i've gone uh, at least the last round i haven't seen too much uh this year but i'm gonna go home and obviously watch with my dad so i've been very blessed to be able to watch uh, the masters with my dad for so long now uh but this is golf you know Every like in basketball, sometimes people get in the zone, and certainly there's those things that you can take over. But golf is just so different. It's such a mental game. It's not a team sport, like you kind of talked about, where you can depend on your teammates a little bit to like give you that energy. I mean, you got you have a partner with you to kind of tell you about the course, but in reality, when you go up to hit that shot, it's just you. And that's a lot of pressure. And like you said, all the eyes are on you. So it's amazing to see what Scotty's doing. And that's what we love about golf is those guys who, you know, they have all these names, everyone bets on the big names, and then Scotty. Well, I'm sure he had probably a lot being the number one golfer, but more than anything, probably people didn't think he'd have the uh, the goal to do it. And here he is three strokes ahead. Really not the greatest place in the world because obviously every single time you get close to that golf ball, every camera in the world is going to be on you. So a lot of pressure, but it looks like he's handling it pretty well
0: yeah today is supposed to be the best weather they've had their Augusta is known for gusting winds and you can you they were showing at one point uh Chris I don't know if you saw it if you watched term yesterday but at one point they're showing two greens they kind of uh did an elevated view of the two greens the flag on one green is blowing in one direction. And literally, you can see them from each other. The, they superimposed it, but you could see one standing on and the flag on the other is blowing. in can treat the opposite direction, and the, the wind's blowing hard to both of them. It's like, how is that happening? Where is there a wind tunnel between the two greens that where the wind changes direction? But that's what Augusta is famous for, is weather turns in a moment's notice, and as Spencer just said, you know, w- you know when they approach the ball, the camera's on him. I could see Scheffler, and I don't know if you saw on the 18th when he hit into the pine straw, or he hit into the the woods and he had to pull out and hit from the pine straw. And this camera's like following him in the woods. He's trying to navigate and there's like cameras and microphones. How frustrating that must be when you're already pissed off about the shot you made and then you got cameras in your face, but that's what you have to deal with on the PGA Tour.
2: Yeah, I mean, and if anything, you would have thought that a guy like Lowry from Ireland would have would have had a lot more success in the, in the conditions yesterday. But uh, Scheffler withstood them, and you have to think that that it's going to take a lot for him to not come home with a green jacket today
0: true. Uh, last thing, if anyone makes a run, I think it'll be Justin Thomas. Yesterday, uh, we're out of time, but Dwayne Haskins uh, was was hit by a vehicle in Florida on yesterday morning, 24 years old. He ha- is deceased. Unbelievable, tragic story. And the Aviators, final game of their opening series, homestand against the Reno Aces today at 12.05. Then they're on the road all the way till the week from Tuesday. Listen, I'm Brian Feldman. want to thank Alan Snell, Chris Chapman back in studio, and Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski here helping me out at the Den. We'll be back next week. Appreciate you. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.